the 2023 Love Feast, brought to you by the youth of Myers Park United Methodist Church. This is a highlight of the Advent season, and we are so glad that you are here. I'm Tate Moody, and I'm joined by Hank Thompson. And we are joined by several other seniors, juniors, and all grades to bring you the Love Feast this year. Many of us have grown up here. This isn't just church. This is our home. You are our family, and we are grateful for the chance to share this service with you tonight. As Hank said, this service is completely youth-led, and it is an honor for us to have the opportunity to lead worship tonight. Some of us will be speaking, some will be playing music and ringing bells, but all of us will be here to praise God together. Thank you for joining us tonight. It is great to be together. Let us continue now in worship.
please stand and join me in the call to worship as printed in your bulletin. Father of earth and heaven, thy grace be to our spirits given. Grant us in all our race the sweetness of thy pardoning grace. Please stay standing and join us in singing hymn 234, O Come All Ye Faithful, verses 1 through 3. Testament reading is Exodus chapter 3 beginning with the ninth verse and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me 
and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Hello, my name is Shelby Elizak, and I'm a senior at Charlotte Country Day School. Myers Park United Methodist Church has been a part of my life since day one. It is at this church that I attended preschool, received my third grade Bible, and participated in confirmation in eighth grade. I've spent almost 900 Sundays here. I recognize so many faces in the congregation and notice every detail about this sanctuary. From the sound of Dr. Hal's hand hitting on this wooden railing while he preaches, to the shimmer of the Advent star as it slowly spins back and forth, church has been a home away from home filled with familiar sights and sounds. All of these details lead to one conclusion. I feel comfortable here. But then I paused and thought, is it good to feel comfortable? In some ways, yes. I know that this church is a safe place. I know I will receive support here. I know I have deep connections with other followers of God. We as Christians know that we are unconditionally safe and welcomed in God's arms. One of my favorite Bible verses that I read growing up in this church is Psalm chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The deep faith in God is beautiful and encouraging. I'd like to believe that if I was walking through the darkest valley, I would have the ability to focus on God and trust that he'd keep me safe. However, the immense comfort and familiarity that this church provides can also hinder us if we are not actively seeking God and sharing his word. In our modern society, I think it's easier than ever to brush off God's voice and be timid in our beliefs. We see injustices every day, but we think, someone else has that covered, there's no need for me to provide my own resources. We hear about ways to get involved in the community and volunteer, but we think that we're too busy to help. I've certainly fallen victim to the intense hustle culture that surrounds our lives, and there have been many days where I've idolized school and work over time with God. These realizations really weighed me down. I didn't want to be someone who showed up on Sunday mornings, but didn't give God a second thought the other six days of the week. No shining church attendance, whether 900 Sundays or 9,000 Sundays, would be enough to truly propel my personal relationship with the Father. My phone didn't deserve more attention than my Bible, and I was tired of making excuses for my lackluster faith. So, I decided to get more involved in this church. I joined a high school small group in the ninth grade alongside other freshmen, many of whom are currently seniors up here presenting with me. I gave my Bible its deserved spot on my nightstand and pushed my phone to the side. I found about a million online resources that helped explain the Bible, from its principles and its parables to its geography. As I dove deeper into my faith, I began noticing where I was too comfortable in my life and where I needed to make some changes. I realized that God fit into every facet of my life, not just Sunday mornings. Now, God joins me on my way to school through worship music, in my conversations with others while I explain my beliefs, and through every test and quiz as I pray for God to calm my worries and help me succeed. 
I've also felt deeper callings to reach out to friends who are far from God and to teach others about his love, both of which I am working at to better serve God. Being uncomfortable is not always an enlightening and exciting experience. When I look to the Bible, I see clear examples of impossibly uncomfortable situations. One that stands at the forefront is the story in Genesis chapter 22, where God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Or even the story of Moses in Exodus, which we just heard read to us, when Moses was called to go to the Pharaoh of Egypt and free the sons of Israel. Moses said, who am I that I should do these things? And he begged God to send someone else who might be more capable. As an upper school student, it can feel as though I'm not capable enough, not old enough, not wise enough, or not responsible enough to truly make an impact. Who am I to stand in front of a congregation and share my experiences and God's word with others? Thanks to this church, I've learned a few important lessons. First, I know that I don't have to tackle difficult challenges all on my own. I have a supportive small group filled with amazing peers and knowledgeable leaders. Josh and Britt are the best small group leaders that the senior class could have received, and they are such a blessing in our lives every Wednesday. I also have so many other youth and adults with whom I'm able to connect, thanks to church retreats and events. Myers Park United Methodist Church has provided me with an immense confidence in my ability to express my beliefs, which allows me to stand here and share this message. Second, I've learned that, my leaving, that leaving my comfort zone is a good thing. From reading my Bible, I understand that God can call us to do impossibly uncomfortable things, and that he will help us rise to the occasion. Third, I know that God has a greater purpose for us and that if we trust in him, we will be able to walk through the darkest of valleys. As us seniors prepare to leave home and go to college, there is nothing more reassuring than the fact that God will shepherd and protect us. And finally, I've learned that the biggest, most meaningful sacrifice in the Bible is the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Thanks to his birth, life, death, and resurrection, we are able to come together today, strive to change, and become the best versions of ourselves in God's image and reach out to others to help them do the same. I'd like to close by sharing my brother's favorite Bible verse, which is Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, reading, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's all work to leave our comfort zones and live a life of radical love and inspiring faith-based transformation. Thank you. Please bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Lord, I first want to thank you for bringing us all here together tonight to worship you and be in fellowship with one another. No matter who we are or where we came from, it is so special that we are all able to be united in your name. You provide us with so many blessings and for that we are eternally grateful. I also want to thank you for supplying all of us seniors in front of you a home for our entire lives, where we have had the opportunity to grow and develop in our faith with you and each other. We thank you that many of us have been lucky enough to go on mission trips, spreading your love and connecting with other communities in places from Reynosa, Mexico, to rural Grundy County, Tennessee, to Costa Rica and beyond. But Lord, although you provide us with so many of these blessings, we still fail at times to honor you and your word. We may come to worship you every Sunday, yet many of us continue to idolize our time with work, school, friends, 
and all the many things that cloud our connection with you. Please forgive us for not offering you the praise and time you deserve, as you have provided everything for us. When we are busy and stressed, comfort us and bring peace to our hearts so that we are able to remember that we do all things through you and that you are with us through all that we endure. Lord, we tend to become so focused on ourselves that we forget all the injustice and hate being spread in our world. I want to pray for the people of Israel and Gaza as they face conditions that we aren't even able to fathom. We also pray for all the violence and inequality that goes on in our own community, as many people forget how to live through you. We pray for lost loved ones in this holiday season as it is not the same without them. Now, Lord, please listen to the prayers that we silently lift up to you. Lord, please take these prayers and allow each person in this room to know that you are their source of strength and hope. Please be with us throughout this season and help us to remember the true meaning of Christmas. In your name we pray, amen. The love feast or agape meal is a Christian fellowship meal, recalling the meals Jesus shared with disciples during his ministry. Together, we celebrate the community, sharing and fellowship enjoyed by the family of Christ, also known as Koinonia. The modern history of the love feast began with the Moravians in Germany through service of sharing food, prayer, religious conversations, and hymns in 1727. John Wesley first experienced it among the Moravians in Savannah, Georgia, 10 years later. It quickly became a feature of the evangelical revival and a regular part of Methodist society meetings in Great Britain and throughout the English-speaking world. As Methodists immigrated to North America, they made Love Feast an important part of early American Methodism. We continue this tradition here tonight. Join me now in the table grace that is printed in your bulletin. Come, Lord Jesus, our guest to be, and bless these gifts bestowed by thee. Bless our loved ones everywhere, and keep them in thy loving care. Amen. Ushers will pass buns from the outside aisle. Please pass to your neighbors.
epistle reading is 1 John chapter 4, beginning with the seventh verse. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Hi, my name is Thomas Jones. I'm a senior here at Myers Park United Methodist Church. I also go to Myers Park High School. When I stand up here, I see the spot where my family would sit every Sunday. Elementary school me would never have thought that I'd be standing up here speaking in front of you today. I am so thankful to have grown up in this church my whole life, from getting baptized as an infant, to getting my first Bible in third grade, to confirmation in eighth grade, where I got to learn about God, but also socialize and eat great food. Most important, however, I was able to learn how to be a Christian. The scripture I chose is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. I thought this was perfect for a couple of reasons. First and most important, coming to church has helped me find God, but it has also opened the door to find new friendships and experiences. Second, it reminds me to have patience, because we are all human and no one is perfect. My time at MPUMC Youth has been long, but there are a couple of specific moments that have built and challenged my faith. On Sunday, October 10th, 2021, after church, my parents sat me down. They broke the horrible news to me. My good friend, Koble, died by suicide the night before. I was devastated and had no clue how to handle a death as a 15-year-old, especially anything like this. Koble attended this church and, like me, was involved in our youth program. The next Sunday, I remember my mom asking me if I wanted to go to Sunday school since it would probably be very emotional for me. Something inside me told me I needed to go. I remember walking into the doors of Jubilee Hall and embracing with Jason. We talked for what felt like hours, even though it was probably only 15 to 20 minutes. While Kobo's death was easily the biggest challenge to my faith so far, it taught me some valuable lessons. At first, I questioned everything about my faith, but as time went on, between small group and Sunday school, I started to strengthen my faith while also strengthening my relationships with other people in my small group and church. Over time, through prayer and worship, I felt encouraged to go to church, which now feels like a second family to me. Though attending church helped me establish my faith, I felt the presence of God in places other than the church, often places that I never would have expected. I find the more isolated I am from the rest of the world, the more I feel God's presence. 
For example, I went on a Mexico mission trip this past summer, and I must say, I felt closest to God in Mexico. Before I went, I was nervous about the fact that I was going to a new country, staying in the middle of a city with people that I wasn't going to be able to communicate with. This could not have been further from the truth. The locals who worked with us were so welcoming despite the language barrier. Local Mexicans would come worship with us in the chapel each day. Many were families of the worker and ranged from ages 2 to 80. In my opinion, the language barrier made our interactions more meaningful because we communicated in broken Spanish or English, or maybe just a smile or a nod. We are all able to still bond over our love for God. To be out in the world literally translating prayers made me feel closer to God for reasons that I can't really explain. Like I previously said, I feel God's presence not just at church, but often outside the church where I feel disconnected from the rest of the world. Whether I'm camping in the middle of the woods with Boy Scouts, exploring the ocean while scuba diving, or fishing on my boat, the one thing all of these experiences have in common is the fact that I'm isolated from the world in almost every way possible. Being alone or in a quiet place in nature allows me to appreciate the world that God has created for us, not just the fantastic people in my life. I would love to give a special thanks to the high school team, Jason, Sarah, Ellen, Mary Helen, but also my small group leaders, Britt and Josh, who put up with me every Wednesday night that I came since I started high school. I pray that in college I am able to find a group of people as amazing as the one these people have made available to me. I'm finishing up my last year at Myers Park High School and my last year as part of MPUMC Youth. I'm so thankful that God brought me to this place in my faith journey, giving me a community of faith and support. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. You just heard my story about my friend Kobol. Kobol committed, unfortunately, died by suicide in 2021. Kobol, we miss you and we wish you were here tonight. We have all been impacted by the effects of anxiety, depression, suicide, and other mental health challenges. We are grateful for our church that has always provided a space to grieve, talk openly about what we are feeling, and provide resources if we need help. This year's offering is to honor Kobo Ishii and all of the other family and friends who are grieving loss during the season. Please join me for a moment of silent reflection. Amen. Tonight's offering will support Hopeway. Hopeway is a local nonprofit mental health organization dedicated to making hope tangible by inspiring mental wellness for all. In addition to delivering premier mental health care at their residential and day treatment facility, they also provide educational programming to raise awareness and reduce stigma surrounding mental health illness in our community. In response to the growing need for young mental health resources, Hopeway will be expanding in early 2024 to offer intensive services for teen mental health treatment and teen and young adult eating disorder treatment. 
We invite the ushers forward. Thank you for your presence and generosity.
Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The New Testament reading tonight is John chapter 13, beginning with the 31st verse. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good evening, everybody. I'm Emily Catherine Breeds, a senior at Myers Park High School. There are a myriad of ways to grow in your faith. Shelby explained what works for her, attending Sunday morning services, spending time delving into her Bible, and thoughtfully researching the questions she has. I thought, what, I thought that was what everyone had to do to become a good Christian and to have a deep relationship with God. But over the past couple of years, I've learned that everybody's path to God looks different, and that's what makes our faith so wonderful. Though I was in church preschool and came to services from time to time, as I got older and schedules became busier, church fell to the back burner, as I'm sure many of you can relate to. My reintroduction to faith, in a sense, began in seventh grade, and it wasn't a God moment. It wasn't a beautiful sunset or a feeling of God tugging on my heartstrings, but it was a method fitting only for a teenager of my generation. I found God again on YouTube. I came across a YouTuber who wove aspects of Christian love and values into her lifestyle vlogs, and 13-year-old me thought, I want to be just like her. So I went to Barnes & Noble and bought a Bible, I did confirmation, I started coming to Sunday services again, and I thought I was doing everything right, but I still didn't feel closer to God. I must be doing something wrong, I told myself. I would just have to try harder. So like any rational person would do, during the year of COVID, I died I decided to read the entire Bible. I know, it's a very me thing to do. I learned a lot of things, things I felt ostracized for not knowing because I didn't attend Sunday school my whole life, but I still didn't feel closer to God. The moment everything changed was the beach retreat during my sophomore year. At a Vesper service, a time of vulnerability and sharing, I opened up about my mental health to a bunch of high schoolers I didn't even know. And the second I finished speaking, I felt my pain be whisked away by the ocean breeze. That night, I was prayed over and hugged by people I didn't know. But it didn't matter that they were strangers. They loved Jesus, and it showed in how they loved me that night. Fast forward to the beach retreat of 2022. Now I'm sitting on the sand with the cold night air in my face and the hundreds of stars in the sky, and all the people huddled around me are some of my best friends. I didn't think I had anything to share that night, especially after the previous year and I didn't have want to share, but God tugged on my heartstrings. Two months prior to this trip, my Mimi passed away unexpectedly. She would have been sitting right there tonight. Since then, I hadn't cried, I hadn't allowed myself to feel grief. I needed to be strong for my family. But that night on the beach, God allowed me to feel all that I needed to. I had a God moment that night as I felt him literally wrapping his arms around me and telling me he was proud of me. He showed me that I didn't need to be strong and his shoulder is always there for me to cry on. 
And so were all the high schoolers at night as I was once again prayed over, hugged, and loved simply for being me. On the flip side, I've also had the opportunity to be the one praying over others. I've been lucky enough to go on the Mexico mission trip the past two summers, and while that's amazing in itself, the most memorable days of the trip for me are the Wednesday nights. During the trip, we're split up into three teams, and each one takes a turn leading night worship, and my group fell on the last night, so we had to do something special. What about a Vesper service, sophomore me suggested. I know it's not the beach, but we could do something special, something different. Maybe have the youth pray over each other instead of the adults praying over the youth. And that's what we did. It went so well that we did it a second year. There are no words to describe how it feels to have your peers trust you and feel comfortable enough to pour out their hearts to you and then have them or have you lay their hands on them and pray for them. I prayed for those older than me, for those younger than me, those I didn't know, for my best friends. But one I will never forget is praying for an adult this summer. He came up to me with tears in his eyes and explained all his worries and anxieties about a number of things. And the whole time, all I could help think was, he's so amazing and so Christ-like. What does he need me to pray for? But I did. And he told me it was one of the best prayers he had ever received. I felt so happy and warm inside knowing that I had helped him heal. And I felt like God had guided my words during that prayer and was smiling down at me, proud of doing something that was scary. There's a common theme in all these moments that have helped define my faith. They weren't stories I read or sermons I heard, what I thought was the magic recipe to becoming a Christian, but they were interactions with people that transformed me spiritually. If you've come on a mission trippers retreat with this youth group, you've definitely heard Jason say at some point that this is church. Whether it be a freezing cold night in the, on the beach where I'm wearing three pairs of sweatpants and a puffy jacket, or I'm in a balcony in Mexico hearing a biker go down the street playing the bread song, I've come to realize the truth in this statement. This is church, not this building, but all of you sitting in the audience and all of you up here with me. Church is not a building, even though this is a really great one, because man built this building. Church is the people and the relationships that God have woven together and the people he has put into our lives. This year, I didn't speak at the beach retreat. I, was, I wasn't sad that it was my last beach retreat, but rather I felt ready. I felt like this youth group and these adult leaders had prepared me. They taught me that when I go off to college, I don't have to look for church in a building, but in people. And even though next August I'll be leaving this building, I won't be leaving these people, because God put them in my life to last. God has helped me foster strong relationships with people I can go on to, or I can go to with anything, and who will always have a shoulder for me to cry on. The scripture that is ingrained in our heads in this youth group is John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you were also to love one another. After five years with this youth group, I can see that we really demonstrate this. From the vulnerable moments we share on the beach, the prayers and hugs received after, to the bonds I've been able to form with people who are completely different than me, but because of our mutual love of Christ, we're able to love one another because we love God. All these people and these friends around me, they exemplify how Jesus wants us to live, by loving one another. We didn't all take the same path to get here, and none two of us are exactly the same. But that's what makes this love so beautiful. Their ability to love one another so well is what makes not this church, but this church so great and impactful in my faith journey. Please join me as we light the candle and sing Silent Night together.
Join us now for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>